You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. Many years ago, I was speaking at a HR conference in London. I was talking about the importance of being present, of having presence, of being focused, being in the moment, so that you could do what you need to do in the moment to achieve what you wanted to achieve. That wasn't just the theme of my talk, I actually explained how to do it. I was walking around the related exhibition center to the conference a little while later, and somebody came up to me and they said, I really loved your presentation on how to ensure that you're present and focused when you have an important presentation to make. I said to her, that's not what my presentation was about at all. My presentation was about being focused and present full stop. She said, oh, I thought it was about being focused and present and clearly in the zone when you have something important to do. And I asked her, how would you know what is important? How would you know when something important is happening? You might think you know that something important is about to take place. But we all know from previous episodes how thinking can muddle our perspective on what is actually going on in the here and now. She said, you, you gave the example of turning up for an interview and how you need to be fully present to make and leave the kind of impression that you want to make in an interview situation. You talked about, she said, making a presentation to potential clients. She said, all the things that you were talking about were what I might call set pieces. And indeed, she had a point. They were examples of what I was talking about in relation to ensuring that you are all present and correct in the present moment to ensure that you do and say just what you need to do and say in the manner in which you best need to do and say it to enable you achieve the outcome that you want to achieve. She obviously missed one of the final points in my presentation though, that these are situations, the examples that I've just given you, where we kind of think we know that something important is about to take place. Let me explain that for a second. Obviously, if I have a big presentation to make, uh, I want to take the opportunity to make and leave the right impression. I want to get my message across in the most forceful way so that it lands with as many people as possible. That's obviously something I need to do. I know about it in advance. So as we said last week, I can set my mind in advance to ensure that not only have I turned up to the here and now, but my subconscious mind knows exactly what I am attempting to achieve by virtue of the fact that in its mind's eye, it has already seen me achieving the outcome and has been thrilled with the experience of having achieved the outcome. That's how we set our minds. We've touched on that many times before. That is what I would call an operational perfect moment or a known perfect moment. In other words, for example, same thing. If I want to get a job, I don't go to an interview and look out the window and wonder what I'll be having for dinner this evening. 
No, I go to the interview and put my best foot forward. Now, I put my best foot forward by being present, not by having done an inordinate amount of ordinary preparation in advance. Let me explain what I mean by that for a moment. You may recollect the story of a client who was interviewing for a big position who had decided that he was going to reread all his MBA study material as if nobody else could reread their MBA study material and turn up to the interview and regurgitate standard stuff. He'd been given the opportunity to interview for the big job because of who he was, how he did what he did and how he got to where he was and how wonderfully positioned he was to be the kind of leader the organization was looking for it had nothing to do with him and or his ability to regurgitate stuff that comes out of standard textbooks he set his mind for that interview seeing himself coming out of the interview having nailed it we talked about that before they are, as I said a moment ago, what I would describe as known perfect moments, things that in the greater scheme of things I know I want to achieve kind of today or in the next few days or in the next week or two, because they move me in the general direction towards the life that I would love to live. Hold that particular phrase there for a couple of minutes. I'll come back to it later. But back to my friend at the HR exhibition in the Excel Centre in London. As I said, she came up to me and said, you were talking about being on your game when you're making a big presentation in important nows, so to speak. And I made the point to her that we never know when a now is important. We never know when something important is about to happen. We never know when an opportunity is going to pass before our very eyes in the here and now. She asked me what I meant. And I recounted to her a conversation that I had had with a client a number of years earlier. Getting out of bed, having a shower, shaving himself, putting on his best bib and tucker, as the expression goes, dressing up nicely, nice silk tie, for a big meeting that he was going to have with somebody who he believed in his own mind could possibly be the biggest client that his own business could win prepared himself well in advance, gave himself plenty of time to get ready to leave the house, left the house in the pouring rain, hopped into the car, turned the key in the engine, and the engine was dead. Frantically, he had gone back in and changed his clothes to something that would withstand the wet Irish weather, ran to the bus stop and stood for 25 minutes, getting later and later and later for this important appointment, beside a girl who had been standing there for 10 minutes before he had arrived. And the two of them got talking to each other. Now, in the normal course of events, if you're not present and in the here and now, you may not even talk to the person next to you in such circumstances. Or you may exchange pleasantries or perhaps unpleasantries. Where the hell is the bus? And how are we waiting so long? And I'm already late and blah, blah, blah. But no, my friend got talking to the girl next to him, who in the course of the conversation turned out to be closely linked to somebody who, after she had put him in touch with them, turned out to be a far bigger client for his business than he could have ever imagined. The conversation with the girl at the bus stop was at least as important, if actually not more important than the presentation or meeting 
he was preparing himself for that he thought was the most important thing that had ever happened in his business up to that point in time. Now, of course, the interesting thing is, having had that experience with the girl and having turned up late for his meeting with his potential client, he just came in, did his thing and won that business too, because he was completely present in the zone. But, but the real lesson in that story is that there is no such thing as an unimportant now. There is no such thing as a now in which something potentially life-changing could happen. Opportunities are passing before our eyes all of the time. And mostly, even if we are developing our ability to be focused and present, mostly we're missing them because we think, think being the operative word here, that we only need to be focused and present when we think it matters. I was talking to a client yesterday and he was talking about how he was beginning to see opportunity everywhere. And he asked me, he said, have you ever had the experience of driving along on a beautiful sunny day with your sunglasses on and you drive into an underground car park and can see nothing at all? And you wonder, why is it so dark in here? He said, and then you remember you need to take your glasses off and you can see perfectly. He said, that's what's going on in my life right now. I've taken my glasses off and I can see that there are things going on before my very eyes, opportunities that I could never have imagined sitting right in front of my nose. And the fact that I've turned myself on, tuned myself in, come into the present moment, taken my dark glasses off, so to speak, means that I can actually see what's going on moment to moment. As an aside, the other thing he said was, and now that I can see what's going on moment to moment, I am beginning to realize the absolute craziness of what you describe as normal crazy people. People actually getting in their own way. Now, of course, until you take your dark glasses off, you are getting in your own way. But you and I now know from our previous conversations how easy it is to take your dark glasses off. Those dark glasses, those dirty, mucky, cruddy dark glasses constructed from the 70,000 thoughts in your own head blind you to reality, blind you to the reality of the moment, and most importantly, blind you to the reality of who you really are. As another client said to me a few weeks ago, the best version of me meaning in this case, obviously the best version of you. In that particular case, this particular lady had used one of my mini meditations to ensure that she was on top of her game to facilitate a large global group of senior leaders in the organization in which she works. She said to me, I wanted to ensure that the best version of me turned up for that 60 minute conversation with those global leaders. I asked her, when do you not want the best version of you to turn up to your life? And of course, the penny dropped. We need to turn up to our lives all of the time because you never know the day nor the hour when something really important is going to come into your field of reality in the here and now, which leads me to the real point in this week's episode. I mentioned a few minutes ago that there's no such thing as an unimportant now. 
because you never know when something important is going to happen. There is more to it than that, because if I'm not tuned in to this now, perhaps when nothing really important or earth chattering or life changing is happening, I'm setting myself up to be not present in the next here and now. And that's an awfully slippery slope. The converse is obviously true too. When I turn up to the here and now, when it doesn't matter, it means that I'm always going to be present when it does. That's why first and foremost, we need to meditate every morning. That's why we need to build on that foundational meditation that we do every morning for seven or eight minutes before the day gets going. We need to build on that by reminding ourselves during the day to turn up to the here and now when it doesn't matter. I know, for example, a lot of my clients use mini meditations for when they are on the verge of coming off the rails or perhaps when they have actually come off the rails, when they've lost their head or lost their temper or got frustrated or somebody's got under their skin. And certainly in those circumstances, using a mini meditation to press the reset button, recalibrate your mind and come back to the present moment means that whatever rails you came off, you get back on them really quickly indeed. You come back to the zone, you come back to flow, you come back to the here and now. But as many of my clients have told me, the more they mini meditated when it didn't matter, the more they never got to the point where they came off those rails. As a client of mine, a very good friend of mine actually, said to me over the course of a conversation that we had over, I suppose, the course of 15 years, the conversation started with, you're talking nonsense. And then he went into the science that I was using to explain how it is so important to be present in the moment and how it changes your life to enable you to live the kind of life you would love to live. That's the second time I've said that, and I'll come back to it again, as I promised earlier, in a couple of minutes. The conversation 15 years ago started with your talking nonsense. Then he got into it, and then he realized, basically, quote unquote, the size of the prize. What was at stake? In fact, he actually said to me, my own life is at stake here. I finally realized that I need to wake up and become present in the here and now. So he started meditating every day, seven days a week. And he got to the point where he would say to me in one of our, our regular or sometimes irregular conversations, Oh, I've realized now that when I go over the cliff edge and lose the head, I can clamber back up onto the cliff really quickly by pressing that reset button, recalibrating my mind through a mini meditation and coming back to the here and now. Roll on a couple of years and he said to me, now I've got to the point where when I get to the cliff edge, I can stop, press the reset button, recalibrate my mind with a mini meditation and not go over the cliff at all. My most recent conversation with him on this went along the following lines. Willie, he said, do you realize there is no cliff? <laughs> you see, every time we set a little time aside to recalibrate our mind, press that reset button, particularly when we don't need it, we eventually get to the point that we never need it because we're in flow all of the time, we're present all of the time, we're in tune with the reality of the moment all of the time. We know what's going on. 
we've taken off our dark glasses. In fact, just like the cliff, we've realized that there never were any dark glasses. They were, as we discussed a couple of weeks ago, not even a figment of my own imagination. My own concept of me wasn't even a figment of my own imagination. It was the result of what others did for me or to me during my formative years that gave me a flawed impression of myself. Even if it was a lovely impression of yourself, it would still only be an impression. It still isn't the best version of you, to quote the client that I mentioned a minute ago. It still isn't, a phrase I prefer, the real you. You see, the real you is somebody who knows. Somebody who knows your capabilities. Somebody who knows that you have unlimited potential to enable you live the kind of life you would love to live. Now, it's three times I've said that, which brings me all the way back to the earlier conversation with regard to the client who was going to restudy and regurgitate his MBA study materials for his big job interview. Instead, I told him that he had done all his preparation for the interview. The 27 years of career he had under his belt was his preparation. And all he had to do was turn up to the interview, knowing what kind of impression he wanted to make and leave, to be present during the course of the interview. And in that way, his subconscious mind, the part of him that knows, the real him, as I said a minute ago, that knows, would know exactly what to say and how to say it in the right fashion, at the right time, indeed in, I suppose, the perfect moment. The reason I'm coming back to that example is that halfway through the interview for the big job, he was told he wasn't suitable for the big job. He was actually suitable for a bigger job, a job that he could never, using his normal thinking mind, have imagined that he would actually step into. As a result, he stepped into it effortlessly. What had he done? He'd turned up and been himself. He'd turned up, and this is a phrase that's used widely in business these days, he turned up and he was authentic. I don't like the word authentic, by the way, because an awful lot of people who use the word authentic aren't. Be that as it may, the real him turned up. And when the real you turns up, the real you will enable you begin to understand not just what you need to do to get what you want out of, for example, an interview, not to get what you want out of a relationship, not to get what you want out of life from the perspective of career progression, you know, bigger house, bigger car, all that material stuff. By the way, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that material stuff. All I'm saying is that the real you knows better. As I said a minute ago, the real you knows. The real you knows how you can be totally fulfilled in your life and live the kind of life you'd love to live. That is different from the kind of goals we set for ourselves, because the kind of goals we normally set for ourselves are goals that we've figured out, are goals that we have thought through, are goals that are related to the standard definitions of happiness and success 
happiness and success being subsets, I suppose, of being fulfilled, living the life that you would love to live. Now that is beyond the comprehension of your thinking mind. Because if I were to ask you, oh God, God help us, wait until you hear the question I'm about to ask you. If I was to be a standard HR person and ask you, where do you see yourself in five years time? First of all, it's a rubbish question. and I'll come back to why in a moment. But if I were to ask you that question, you would think through your answer. You would use benchmarks of how other people progress in their lives. And you would say to yourself, this is where I see myself in five years time based on what you think you want. Not even based on, I haven't even got into the whole possibility that you might say it on the basis of what you think the other person thinks they want to hear from you. Automats. It's a, it's a rubbish question, as I said a minute ago, because your subconscious mind, the real you, the part that knows best, doesn't understand time covered that before as well but let me recap on that for a minute because it goes to the essence of how we live our lives in the here and now and the importance of understanding that there's no such thing as an unimportant here and now the subconscious mind if it's left on autopilot which is the way in which normal crazy people use their minds Normal crazy people use their minds in the way in which evolution developed them to ensure that I survive today, that I make it through the day and little else. So when I'm on autopilot, my subconscious mind uses the programs that any autopilot needs to ensure that I struggle through whatever situation which I find myself with the sole objective of making it safely back to bed tonight. The programs that the subconscious mind's autopilot uses are the programs that we learned about ourselves when we got this false impression of ourselves from what other people did for us or to us when we were young and impressionable. So if we keep using our minds on autopilot, like any autopilot, our autopilot will always bring us back to the same place. That's why people throw up their hands in despair when they have tried and tried again to change their lives or some aspect of their lives and find that they're back where they started. So in other words, the subconscious mind in the present moment is using photographs, snapshots from your childhood that it thinks is happening in the present moment because the subconscious mind only understands the present moment. In other words, the subconscious mind doesn't understand the future either. So the question where do you see yourself in five years time is a nonsense question. It is only a question designed by a normal crazy mind to be answered by a normal crazy thinking mind. If you see yourself having the life that you would love to live, not in five years time, not in X years time, X months time, not in any time at all, other than in the time that the subconscious mind understands, which is the here and now. If you see yourself being fulfilled, living the life that you'd love to live, and you set your mind accordingly, as we discussed last week, your subconscious mind will perceive that psychological snapshot that you have chosen to give yourself as now. And if the actual reality of now doesn't respond with the subconscious mind's perspective of now, the subconscious mind will trigger you 
to enable you do what you need to do to bring your chosen version of reality into reality. And that is why we talked about last week how when we're in this place, when we're in the zone that way, we do things that our thinking mind would say, you can't do that. You'd be uncomfortable doing that. You couldn't imagine yourself doing that. That's why last week's podcast was called Amazing Yourself. Uh, as I said last week, so many people have said to me over the years, I've started doing stuff and I'm surprising myself. I'm also almost surprising myself every day. It's because when you set your mind and when you turn up to the present moment, your subconscious mind, the real you, the you that knows, will enable you to do what you need to do effortlessly without the thinking mind's barrier of thinking that you couldn't do something that you would have thought might be difficult or felt uncomfortable. In other words, you liberate yourself. Who are you liberating? You're liberating the real you. There's only one you. And the you that you really are has nothing to do with the perceptions that you've been dragging around with yourselves and in turn have been dragging you down over all of your adult life. How do you liberate the real you? Well, it actually just happens when you turn up to the here and now. Hence, the key point that I want to make again in this particular episode. There is no such thing as an unimportant now for the simple reason that not only may there be opportunities happening in nows when your thinking mind wouldn't expect them to happen, but turning up to the here and now again and again and again enhances your ability to ultimately turn up to the here and now all of the time, so that you're in flow all of the time, so that you're not just noticing the opportunities that are swirling around you all of the time, you start creating the opportunities so that they swirl about you, and indeed those you love, all of the time. Ultimately, the fact of the matter is, and I mean that from a scientific perspective, the fact of the matter is that we live our lives in moments. The fact of the matter is that this universe exists in moments. I vibrate in and out of existence in moments. Everything is happening in this moment. I need to turn up to this moment. You need to turn up to this moment so that you can live your life to the full and have the kind of life you would love to live, the kind of life that the real you already knows is your version of fulfillment for you, so that you can live that kind of life that you would love to live now. Now is the only place in time where all this is happening. Make sure, make sure that you do what it takes moment to moment when it doesn't matter to train yourself to turn up to now so that you are present in the here and now when it does, in every little moment of the life you'd love to live. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. 
And for more information, visit www.willy-hyman.com.